Ninth Story Studios, giving story a voice. Hello, and welcome back for a special episode of The Lift. Today's episode's a little different than the normal episode that we put out, in that Victoria's in it kind of in passing a few times. But what you're going to hear is something that we call the Writer's Journal. And this was only previously available on Patreon. We started this with episode one of The Lift, or more accurately, the very first pilot episode of The Lift. And that episode started kind of with an introduction that was excerpted from what we call the writer's journal. And the writer is kind of this mysterious entity, originally human, like Victoria, who wandered into the building and has been kind of there for a long time. And one of the things that we talk about in the show is how different people end up in the building and they're presented with a choice. Once they make their choice, they usually leave the building and go on to do other things. And some of them maintain a relationship with the building and with Victoria where they may come back in the future or she may call on them for assistance in the future. But there are those who stay behind for a very long period of time because there's a lesson that they need to learn. And this would be separate from those who end up in our basement. Those in the basement probably don't get out. We look at that kind of analogous to kind of a prison where the very worst elements have to go and nobody involved, Victoria herself included, really wants to put people there. But there are some people that are just beyond help and who are never going to make a choice for good. There are, of course, those who make the wrong choice. And once they make that incorrect choice, lesser evils, let's say, they end up trapped on whatever floor of the building is appropriate. And this can be for very, very long periods of time until they learn what they need to learn. And then they can move on. We don't talk a lot about those folks, but they are there and they're hinted at throughout the episodes. So today we're going to share with you the writer's journal in its entirety. There are currently seven entries, starting with the very first one, which came from the pilot episode. And if you're a Patreon supporter, you probably did hear these, uh, not in their entirety, not all together. So you may enjoy another listen, but if not, you can probably skip this episode and wait for our next regular episode. We are hard at work on the second half of season two. It has been taking us a little while to work through some of our production challenges and script editing and that sort of thing. So obviously what we want to do is give you the very best quality show we possibly can, make it as consistent and clean and entertaining as possible. And sometimes that takes a little longer than expected, but there are more episodes coming for our second half of season two, but I didn't want to let you guys go without getting something. So I figured these episodes have been on Patreon for a pretty long period of time, and we're going to get back into doing more entries in the Writer's Journal, which will be available on Patreon when we get into Season 3 of The Lift. But in the meantime, I think it gives you some unique insight into some of the gaps that you might hear in the episodes, meaning there's things that are hinted at but not actually spelled out. 
Now, that's not to say that this answers a lot of the questions or, or, or answers all of the questions, as is the nature of what we create and as is the nature of the mysterious place that the building and the lift is and the mysterious nature of Victoria and her friend, the writer who helps kind of shape these scenarios and create these scenarios for the visitors, you're not going to get all of the answers. And, you know, honestly, we don't know all of the answers. Victoria doesn't share everything with us. And there are other entities within this building that don't share everything with Victoria. So there's a lot more to explore here. At any rate, I hope you enjoy exploring a little more and getting a little more insight into what happens to those who are in the building for very long periods of time where time itself isn't exactly what it seems and the nature of reality isn't exactly what it seems. So without further ado, this week, The Writer's Journal, Entries 1 through 7, written, edited, and performed by yours truly, with the exception of Episode 1 of The Writer's Journal, which has music created by my good friend, Stephen Matico. All the rest, for good or ill, you can blame on me, including the music. A Writer's Journal. Date. Unknown. We're all lost here. Even this place is lost. I break Somewhere between then and now. Somewhere between there and here. The voices of our fading tomorrows and unknown yesterdays are a little more than whispered echoes here. Most of the time. But sometimes, sometimes they become more than that. We're not quite here, me and the others like me, who drift along these halls, strangers passing each other in a shared unreality. I this part dream, part mystic fog, aware of each other only by some strange sixth sense created by our mutual journey through the confusion. It's strange to be so alone and still have so much company. The dark hallways lead at the same time nowhere and everywhere. Each step through this darkness is equally likely to lead to another dark hallway or moldering door as it is to lead to some far-off place half-remembered from some faded dream or forgotten lifetime. I'm increasingly not of the walking around world. When I do step from this place, I carry something back with me that makes it increasingly difficult to feel anchored in that more solid, normal reality. I break it. Lately, I'm a stranger to myself. Those around me see it too. The unvoiced words and veiled looks they cast my way seem to convey that 
while I looked similar to the me we knew yesterday, I'm being slowly replaced piece by piece by something new and unknown. I feel it too. My reflection often gazes back at me with eyes that seem deep and dark confused by the image it sees in the mirror. I never remember my daily journey to this place for some reason, which makes it seem as if I never leave. Maybe I don't. Perhaps some pale shade of me, some doppelganger, some reverberation of who I was haunts this place. And it's only my own waning concept of myself walks forth into the world each night. Are these shadows I see out of the corner of my mind, lost layers shed and cast aside as I slowly become someone else? here, for I have memories of both. My life has no true end. I am the Ouroboros now, the beginning and the end of me, one long undulating form moving through this reality. I've become looped now. It's not a true loop, for while I have multiple memories of different possibilities along the path I travel, I only have one memory of the time before I entered this place of change. Memories before I will made the choice that cannot be unmade. My path began long before I knew this place even existed, and my straight path from birth to death has changed, curved, and looped to the left the shape that of a sacred number nine. Now I circle along, living in the top section of that nine, growing, learning, and bound to protect this place and the girl who guides. For what seemed an eternity, I found myself alone in this task, joined in my mission only by those other aspects of myself those layers of who I was, cast off and trapped, like phantoms repeating the same single-minded tasks. But with each cycle through, as I travel all the rooms and floors in this great building, I find the cast-off shades of others, too. Some are so self-absorbed they see nothing but their own struggle but others have eyes which are open enough to see and allow them to be reached. 
allow them to understand the importance and the truth of this place, of the work that needs to be done. I no longer feel alone in my journey, for there are others who help now in the ways they are able. It gives me hope this long work is making a difference. No longer am I one voice in the dark, but part of a growing group of voices bringing light, truth, and hope. begun to realize these words I struggle to put down have begun to change things. It's as if in this place they become more than pen put to paper, more than inky ideas wrung from mind and dripped upon the stark white possibility. Once written, my words feel as if they drift off the page and ghost away, as if unseen others listen and feed upon them. The first indication that my words carry more force than simple words should came when I found the doorway to the place I have begun to call the file room. I work now on a story of a place much like this one realm in between reality and unreality, a place that sits upon a knife's edge between one possibility and another, forever balanced upon a single moment of decision. It exists as an experiment of thought, a realm constructed solely of my own imaginings, but I see it more fully each time I write it. In this imaginary place. I created a room with files that constantly fill with the ideas and half-formed stories that come to me in the time just upon waking. Those ideas that all writers understand are specters cast into nothing as easily as a single ray of light might banish a morning shadow. I yearn to perceive these ideas, to hold fast to them as more than fleeting dreams. I wandered the halls yesterday, or was it tomorrow? Lost in my thoughts, as I drifted through halls longer and wider than this building has room for when seen from the outside. I came upon a door I had never seen before, and next to it stood the girl. That she was there, as she always is, at these moments of discovery, was no surprise. She smiled and extended her hand, palm up. I understand more than you imagine. A small key lay within that tiny hand. I shouldn't have been surprised when I found that room exactly as I had described, full of row upon row of heavy filing cabinets. 
And now, I have stories to write. A writer's journal. Date. Unknown. When do you know who you are? Is it when you're alone? When you're with the one you trust most? Ever? I'm not sure why I expected it to stop, but I did, and it hasn't. The me I've become continues to shift, day to day, year to year, person to person. What is the core of myself? Do I even have one? Or was that lost in the process of becoming who I am now? Change is a gradual process, most of the time. I wonder sometimes if I could tolerate the confused, stable, and deluded person I was before I became lost in these moments, in this place. During those times when one moment flows from now to the last, when tomorrow is yesterday, and yesterday is now, I wonder what this shuffled deck of reality is trying to teach me. My mind now works in ways I've never imagined, and the tenuous connections seem to become more solid the longer I look. The silver thread of possibility flows and stretches, then contracts and pulls together thoughts and ideas transmitted from some jumbled realm of what is and what must never be. The choice, I feel, will change the fabric of my past approaches. I feel it writhing in the future, waiting to slither into the faded echoes of yesterday. Change resulting in cause a sacrifice of logic for the greater good. The broken reality must be mended, or must it remain broken? I can't remember anymore. I know I will have known it, but time is so twisted here, I have a hard time keeping track. When memories and time run backward, it's like losing your mind. My mind and heart duel as we approach that path that has no fork. The crossroads that lead to the same destination. I know my future self. The one I have become in the twisting corridors that lead to my future past. And who will I be before I was ever set upon this course? She is waiting somewhere in my future. In my past in her future, in her past. I fear the madness I feel twisting through my mind may make me fail to choose the destination. I must. Am I folded, creased over and reopened, ready to spring back when I least expect it?
a writer's journal. Date unknown. All paths seem to lead to the same destination, but this is both a lie and a great truth. For there are many ways to reach the sacred summit, but only certain ones allow you to enter the inner circle as who you must be. I see now that it is not the destination I seek. The truth lies along the way. The destination is simply a goal to set me into motion, but the journey is what matters. The choices I make on my wandering pathway, the way I deal with those challenges laid before me are what matters. When I reach the summit, it is who I have become along the way that will set my fate. Each step is a choice, not just the final test. Time twists and loops here. Is there really a time of the choice? Or is each moment a choice? Would one choice unravel the rest? Or does each decision, each step, create your destiny? Certainly, it will not be I who choose. But who I allow myself to become will make that final determination. I see now how the future becomes the past, and the past the future. Each point a link to the other, intertwined and pulling upon each other. One point links to another and stretches back to the last. Each decision pushing us forward, each result pulling on the past. Does one outcome pull more strongly? Is the last choice and the one preceding it fixed now? Or can I change the road? If the future is truly a result of each forward step, does the desire for the future to unfold in a certain way result in an effect on the present and the past? Does the future change as a result of what I do now? Or has my past and present been changed by trying to get to the future I know must be? The light beckons me, but so does the dark. Two forces who have personified themselves in their choices, a guide and a gate. One to show the way, the other to offer the comfort of an easy alternative. How can the dark be so seductive? Its cold logic seems to overwhelm me at times. It argues that hope is folly and the truth is immalleable. It offers no obstacles, just a certain unimpeded path to the destination. I know now that the destination will always be seductive, but the truth is not there. It is here, with me now, in each step I take, in each change those steps make to me, in who I will be when I arrive.
a writer's journal. Date unknown. A choice made is a truth accepted and a reality chosen. A fate sealed and a task taken. It is true that there is always time to change the path, but it is also true that some choices, once made, redefine us and set us in directions that were meant for us. We feel these choices alter us almost immediately as the very fiber of our souls resonate like a bell rung and the new, better version washes away the last remnants of our old ways. I have claimed the mantle offered by the woman who watches and the girl who guides. I feel the results of that choice resonate through my mind and spirit. I fear, no, not fear, respect the power this brings and the consequences that will now flow from the way I willed it. Here, in this impossible place, will those who are troubled as I was be called to choose, and choose they must. They are already here, those visitors. For now and then are one here, and all exist in this same looped forever. I recognized my hand in their realities as soon as the choice was made, this choice that was always faded always in my fate as soon as I took the girl's hand and truly allowed her to guide me. I see her for what she is now, for her fate and mine are intertwined so tightly they shall never be unwoven. And now the true work begins, continuing on as it always has. Odd how different things look how much more in control we feel when we realize the choices we make shape not only the now, but ring out into the future and the past, calling us to our moment. The understanding that every choice made and yet to be made are a result of who we must be. Those blind choices in our past, guided by the fact that we must make it to this one point to this time where things change and the wealth and richness of our future finally flows to our ready hands. The rewards are always commensurate to the responsibility we choose to accept, and it's only once we willingly invite that duty that we are able to receive the gifts that come with it. In this way, in this act of choosing, do we break the bonds of our self-made shackles and no longer live as slaves adrift on the currents of life. Knowledge and truth become our rudders and sails and allow us to choose our destinations with purpose, navigating the world with eyes open. The future begins now, and I am ready to see it and be it.
a writer's journal. Date unknown. Double steps are foolish and show no regard for the knowledge that should have been acquired, as if we choose to run away into a great field of ignorance. These words have great power, and there will be consequences for the ones for whom they are meant. There is time to change your fate, as the girl who guides always tells me, and so you will. Take single, simple steps towards your best future, and use the knowledge this place brings. With it, you can unwrite the past, replacing it with a better view of our world. In this place, where changes are clear results of your choice, you have that power. All here are given a choice and a guide but there are always those who fail to understand the truth. Those who are asleep, their minds dull to the message and the truth the words bring, and so they remain trapped, here in prisons of their own imaginings. Each holds the key to their salvation, but I watch them, so many of them, struggle for eons to realize what they hold and allow themselves to use it. Reluctant gatekeepers are we, the girl who guides and I who help shape the words and ideas into the stories they must be. But gatekeepers we must sometimes be, for the good of all, and most especially for those who visit. All is connected, interwoven in ways those who are part of the thread seldom realize. The paths they cross, the way they intertwine and alter the great tapestry. Only the weavers who control the loom see the full picture, how the patterns are shaped by each stitch and imperfection, how one thread may need to be pulled, or its path altered and reshaped for the good of the entire fabric of reality. One to watch, one to guide, and one to provide the loom. Not only one pattern is possible, however, and there are those who wish it to be dull and dark, for light has always fought against the dark. A boundary gate that seeks to contain the light, separating it from the dark, a darkness that seeks to obscure the truth with hopelessness and despair. So it is that we rejoice when the light comes to those who must choose, and they take the best path. That is what sustains in the darkest hours, the hope that those who cannot will eventually see. And the darkest... I sigh and resign myself that the darkest ones cannot see and will never choose that but the comfort of the dark. Embracing the lack of understanding and feeding on the light itself, trying to bring others to their way by extinguishing that which they hate most, the light. Those we guide to their place below all others because we must. 
presenting them with one final chance to understand. But the great sad truth is they always choose the dark. big thank you to all of you for listening to the show, to all of you who take the time to rate and review the show in iTunes and Stitcher and every place else, and to all of our Patreon supporters. Without your generous contributions, it would be nearly impossible to put this show together. Full show notes with credits, links, and artwork can be found at victoriaslift.com. We make other podcasts you might enjoy. Check out thewickedlibrary.com and also ninthstory.com for links to other shows. If you're on social media, you can check us out on Facebook and also on Twitter. And if you'd like to make sure you don't miss future episodes of the show, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, lots of places. Now available from K.B. Goddard, the author of The Lift episode The Lost Library and The Wicked Library episodes The Darkness Within and Shadows, comes her debut novella, The Girl with the Roses. At the haunted auctions of Thornhill and Swift, where artifacts of the ghostly and the macabre are bought and sold, we learn of the statue entitled The Girl with the Roses. Charlotte Salt has always dreamt of marrying for love, but when she receives a proposal, she realizes that romance isn't always the deciding factor in the Victorian marriage market. Married to the eligible but secretive George Avery, she finds herself cut off from her family and friends when her husband takes her to live in his isolated Derbyshire home. Trapped in a loveless marriage, she finds her thoughts turning towards her brother's newly returned friend, the handsome Charles Jameson. In failing health and increasingly troubled by strange sights and sounds, she cannot help recalling Jameson's mysterious warning, be on your guard. What danger did he foresee? As dark forces surround her, she contemplates the fate of her predecessor. What happened to the first Mrs. Avery? In a summer of storms, can anyone save her from the shadows? The Girl with the Roses is now available for pre-order on Amazon and Kobo.